I want you to look with me in your Bibles. You can look to the screen. We've been taking our text here from Revelation chapter 1, and I wasn't sure if I was done last week, and uh, I knew that I needed to go into this again. This is going to be week number four. It's possible it's four and five, depending on if I do it all today, but I don't really know. So we're going to look in Revelation chapter 1. Jesus, verse 6, Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, says, Jesus has made us a kingdom of priests for God as Father. I want you to read this out loud to me. He has made us a kingdom of priests. God has a kingdom, doesn't he? And I've been trying. I said, Lord, I even came in to dawn last night around 11 o'clock, and I'm like, I've preached on this for three weeks, but I... I'm trying to get to this heart, and I'm having a tough time because it's such a deep thing that I'm trying to express. I said, I've done it for three weeks, but I feel like I'm not quite there yet. I'm not getting there. There's a a seriousness to what it means when Jesus brought us into his kingdom. What we need to do as believers is we need to separate what Jesus did on the cross and what he's doing in us in the earth. All right, I want you, I'm going to say that again. We need to separate what Jesus did on the cross from what he's doing in us and then ultimately then through us in the earth. What happens is, is much of Christianity, especially today, is focused only on the cross, and praise God for the cross. Let's just thank Jesus for his blood. Without the blood, without the cross, that you are not... Without the cross, without the grace of God, you cannot be sitting here. But what's happened is, is we're we're caught. The church has been stuck in this place at the cross, and ironically, we've taken the crosses down. We took the name of Jesus out of most of the churches in America, and we took the crosses down because they're offensive. And yet, I would still say that that's kind of where the church is stuck, on their knees at the cross. Kind of constantly in a state of brokenness, stuck in sin, but he's got grace, so I'm dealing with it, and never standing up and walking in the victory that he's called us to. I'm not talking about you being better than the rest, or, and I'm not talking about a person who's not still internally dealing with issues, but, a, that, but that person is taking, that they've dealt with those things with Christ at the cross, and they know now, I have to keep these things under the blood. These things are not going to rule me any longer, and I'm going to walk now in the fullness, this false stature of Christ that he's called me to. But what's happened is, is I need to deal with me. I've got hurts. I've got issues. Praise God that we can go to Christ for that. But it's this like perpetual hospital, right? I don't like that phrase. The church is not a hospital. We are supposed to go out to the people to your friends, to your family, to the streets. That's where the sick are. The church is not sick. The church should be alive and triumphant. And I'm not talking again 
about some sort of pride, right? We're not telling the world that we're better than them. It's not, I've been trying to think about this word distinction. We read this word distinction in our word this week, right? Because we're reading, if you're doing the Bible plan with us, we're just going through the plagues, and the Lord started to make a distinction between his people and Egypt. And I've been meditating on that word because I remember my mother asking me as a teenager, she said, what's the difference between you and your worldly friends? It was kind of a complicated answer to come up with as a teenager. I'm saved, they're not. I'm going to heaven, they're going to hell. As a, you know, you, <laughs> I mean, there's something greater than that, isn't there? I was, the Lord was bringing me. It was part of, that was part of my journey. He was bringing me from my head to my heart. The place of, I had, I knew it all. I was going through all the motions, but it needed to get into a place where there was a strength. And believe me, I'm, I'm about to turn 40 years old, I know. Um, that's young to some and old to others. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still dealing with those same things that I was a little boy, 15 years old, where I said, I'll follow you. But I'm not letting any, I'm not letting those, and we're not going to, come on, as this church, let those things. Imagine, I was like, today, I just need to deal with me. Then this service doesn't happen. And when, when I've been trying to get to is that we're a kingdom of priests, all right? There's a service for you. I don't know where that is, and maybe that's today, maybe that's tomorrow at work, maybe that's a spouse, maybe that's a child, but there is a person that needs you, and I'm not telling you pick up your bootstraps, get over it, all right, because that's impossible. We have no strength. You have zero strength without Christ, without his grace, without his mercy, without the Holy Spirit. You are incapable of doing what he's called you to do. But there is this place where we must get to that we realize, I've been saved, I've been redeemed, but it's not just a ticket to heaven. If it was, why am I still on this earth? And if it was just to bless me, do you realize how foolish it is to think that we're still on this earth for the Lord to bless us and show us his goodness? Let me tell you why. Do you think in heaven his blessings are a little bit better than the earth? My Bible tells me on the earth, moth and rust destroy, but in heaven, right, thieves break into steel. But in heaven, it lasts forever. Thieves do not break into steel. There is a city of such pure gold that it's crystal clear. Now, science thought, man, the Bible, see, that's why we can't trust the Bible, because that's not physically possible. Till modern science caught up with the Bible, right, because the Bible was right thousands of years ago. Science was wrong. And now modern science says, well, under the right circumstances, you could process gold. Yeah, if you could keep processing it in a way that we don't quite have the technology to do, you could refine gold into transparency. What's my point in that? My point is that God's gold is so precious, it's, it's crystal clear. And, I, and I'm going to be trapped to think that the only reason I'm on this earth is for him to show me his goodness and his blessings. Don't you think we have all of eternity for him to do that? In a much greater way. So why am I still on this earth if I've already gotten saved? Is it just because the Lord's just respecting the courses of life and nature? Does God 
You know, he sparked life and he's just letting it finish. I think that that's too scientific and too worldly of an answer. The answer is defined in my word. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and now he passes on the baton, you are the light of the world. He said, and let's bring this into this sermon series. I'm the high priest. I paved the way. I did the cross. I did the blood. I released the Holy Spirit. Now the temple is set up. It's designed. Everything's in place, just like Moses had to put it in place, just like Solomon had to get all the pieces in place. I did that in the supernatural, in the spirit, and now my temple must operate properly so that my presence can fall on it and the people can be ministered to. Amen. And we've turned it into, and I say we, I know this church, not you in here, but we as humanity, we as the West, have turned it into something that it wasn't ever designed to be. And I don't like to call it design, but God's the designer. We turned it into this thing that we, you know, just get together, have a good time. I love that. I think we had a really good time today, actually, in the presence of God. But it's just that. You know, it's just good time, good fellowship. Those things are fine, too. I love that, too. And we're going to have fellowship. We had some fellowship before. I have some fellowship after. Good music. We don't have the smoke machines, but you could add a smoke machine and make it even more spiritual in here. Come on, what is this thing that we're doing? And that's why I don't go easy on us. The Lord doesn't go easy on us. You know what's funny is sometimes I wonder if Jesus were to preach the same sermon as me, people would get offended at him. I think they would because Jesus, they got offended at Jesus a lot. And the ones that are supposed to, supposedly knew the word the most got the most offended. <laughs> Messed with their paradigms. What I've been trying to establish is that God brought us into a kingdom on the earth, which will continue into eternity. And that's not some sort of rulership. The Bible says we will rule and reign with him. Sure, I don't believe that's an earthly thing. I think the thing we're ruling and reigning over is self right now. I don't quite understand what the ruling and reigning into eternity. Let's just let that be something that God's going to reveal to us in his fullness. But the ruling and reigning in Christ's way, I've already pointed it out in the last couple of weeks, is that if you're going to model after the greatest ruler of all time, the greatest king of all time, Jesus Christ himself, it says that he put his kingship down, he humbled himself, he became a fool. He became a criminal. He let people mock him and spit on him and put him on a cross and died for us. So if you want to rule and reign like Christ, that's how you should model it, because that's how he did it in the earth. Now in heaven and eternity, he sits on a throne, but on the earth, he suffered and went to the cross as king. King man. You are king man. King woman on the earth. Queen woman. He has brought us into a fellowship into a partnership into a kingdom we are his representatives it is a very serious thing that has happened to you and it's become flippant you guys have heard me say before the gospel has become a happy meal now i you guys will have heard me said it say it before too 
The gospel is so simple, I think we can go get the kids and bring them in here. We don't even need kids' church, because that's how simple the gospel is. I'm not talking about its simplicity being a happy meal. What I'm saying is, is that there is something, that's how simple it is to get it. We only don't get it because we don't want to, because I still want to do what I want to do. Let's just be blunt. When the Lord says, I don't want you to do this, we're like, well, all these, you know, this theory and that theory and God and kings. And then we, that's when we get start getting weird. We're just trying to justify our actions. It's that simple. Jesus died for us. He shed his blood for us. We give our lives to him. We go to heaven. The gospel is that simple. But do we walk and live like we believe that that's actually what happened in us? Some of the world goes back to sin, and they say, like, well, I got saved. I said a prayer once. Some of the world, they don't think they're sinning, but then they're trapped in all these other things inside them for the rest of their life. I'm not saying you're not going to deal with things. Again, I want to say it again. I'm still, I'm still dealing with the Lord. If I'm not dealing with him until the day I die, then I'm not in his presence. Because my word says that the greatest prophets who ever lived that each of them, when they got before the presence of God, they couldn't help but still fall before him. Which means if you are in his presence, if you're getting into his word, if you're spending time with mature believers, you should be convicted at an 80, as an 85-year-old. Because he's still doing an internal work on you, but that doesn't mean that that's who you are. I thought of it this way. The Lord spoke to me and just showed me a doctor. A doctor is not becoming a doctor so he can prove something. Maybe an earthly, maybe there are doctors that do that, but let's just say in general. They're not doing it to pay back school debt faster than the rest of us. They're not doing it except to be a doctor. Now, along the way, they have debts, right, just like the rest of us. There are, there's like these natural things that kind of come with who they became. But if you were to identify, if you were to say, that's a doctor, he's dealing with his debt. That's a reality of his life, but that's not who he is. He is a doctor who helps people. His identity is who he is. It's not some of the things he still has to deal with. And we've turned Christianity into this identity is, I'm a sinner. He's a savior. Yes, come on. Praise God. But that's not your identity. I was a sinner. Come on, let's say it like the Bible said it. I was a sinner. I was saved. And now by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit's prompting those sins, even though they'll try to keep coming like they used to, they're not going to control me anymore. And when they do, praise God, I'm going to get right back up again. Come on, you know churches today are preaching you don't need to repent except for one time at the cross. I'm serious. I've heard it on television. You don't need to repent. You already repented. We should live a lifestyle of repentance. I repent every other second. I don't, maybe I'm just a worse sinner than you. But every other second, I'm like, man... Lord, I said I was good, then I get in the car, and I become a sinner again. I start repenting again. That's the key. The key is I don't drive home angry. Come on. It's not that I didn't get upset that when they cut me off, and I was right, 
It's that I deal with it. Come on, praise God. Why, why are we so afraid to talk to the church and to other believers about dealing with stuff? We're like putting, it's putting salve on each other. It's okay. You were right. They did cut you off. You're not helping your friend, your brother, your sister. Listen, they did cut you off. It was wrong. They were wrong, but so are you. If you think you don't have to forgive them and get over it and move on. If you think you're allowed to deal with that issue for the rest of your life, you're wrong. Even if you actually do. Because it's not really you dealing with it. Who's dealing with you? Come on, who, who has recognized? This is not how I planned on my sermon going. Holy Spirit is definitely preaching it. Who has found that the deeper you get into the Lord, the more you seek him, that issues that you prayed about and tried to do, one day you look and you don't do those things anymore, but you stop trying at some point because there was a greater focus in some other area in the Lord. That's the lifestyle I'm talking about. I'm talking about a person who is truly submitted to God. If you will truly submit, and this is, this is this, this issue we're afraid because, you know, like we want to convince people that Jesus is the best thing for them, and we're afraid to tell people that it's commitment that he's looking for as if it's somehow, you know, going to ruin their life or take away from the gospel as well, and it's neither. It will be their best life. Come on, praise God. Christ is the best thing that you could offer them, but it will require them everything. I was trying to get it into words, and I've tried before. I'm going to say it again in the best way that I can. To be saved requires you nothing. You were already saved in Christ's heart because God's outside of time before you even repented. I know that our minds are like, wow, I, don't, I can't, it's short fusing. <laughs> and yet, each of us must come and do what the word says and repent. And yet, that repentance isn't purchasing it, it's already done. Salvation requires you to do nothing. It'll just cost you everything. Try to get that around your head. It requires nothing, but it costs everything. What my, when I read my Bible, listen, I was just, I'm just spending time with the Lord, and I'm, I'm just, and I was just posing this, this idea. Sometimes we need to take churchianity. Come on, there's a word for you. Just take churchianity, just put it on the shelf, just for a minute with me. I'm, I don't want anybody, I'm, we're not going to get heretical here, right? I want you to just throw out every preacher you've ever heard, every sermon you've ever heard, just for a moment. Come on, not permanently. I just want you to focus on what does the Bible say. What did Jesus say to his disciples? What was his commission? And ultimately then, when Paul and Peter... And they went out and started, started churches. What did they look like? And then just stop. Don't compare it to your churches today. Don't compare their theologies to yours. Just stop and think, does my theology, does my church line up with the Bible? Plain and simple. 
God will mess with your mind. God will start messing with you. We should not be afraid to talk about Christianity, to talk about Jesus, and to propose the church like the Bible did. We've become, it's almost like, you know, when I was growing up, uh, there was <laughs> all these phrases, man, you're too sin conscious. You need to be more grace conscious or whatever. You need to be more Christ conscious, more blood conscious. You're too sin conscious. Or you're legalistic. Who's ever heard the term you're legalistic? I would rather be legalistic than loose. Let me tell you why. When you pull up to a stop sign, actually, let's go to a stoplight because I talked about the road. Nobody stops at red lights anymore. If it turns red, just wait because expect one, two, three cars to go through. Praise God that I'm not only legalistic, but I have the Spirit of God that tells me it's not the letter of the law, but trust the Holy Spirit that goes beyond the letter, the red light, and wait an extra three seconds. Because meanwhile, I don't need to stop at red lights. Here's the loose Christianity. I'll do what I want. If you don't die in that intersection, your bumper sticker certainly isn't a great light to the world around you, is it? When you blow through every red light everywhere you go. But I'm a Christian. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a level, a real serious Christianity. That, that, I'm not talking about a different type though, right, Dan? This is not a different, I'm not talking about a Christianity that's, that's different than what Jesus proposed when he said, follow me. I'm just telling you, real Christianity, so some, it, could even, it could sound different than what we've heard. It could sound different than some sermons and even the tone. I don't like your tone, pastor. You need to be a little more loving, more gracious. Just encourage us today. I am encouraging you. <laughs> I guess I'm having fun, too. Wow. I hope that you're getting some things out of this. You know, the Bible says to us, I've barely looked at these notes. I had a lot today, too. Because I was like, I'm going to get into this for another week or two. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just believe the Lord is really calling us in this year. Jeannie had said it, too. In 2023, we felt like we need to start 23 with 23. And we're not trying to be numerologists or weird. It was just something that just dropped in my spirit. And the Lord does those things sometimes just as a way to get my attention. 23 for 23. And I was like, okay, Psalm 23, he's the shepherd. We need to get into the place where he's leading us, where I just truly trust him. And what does that mean? I mean, that is a life that is really surrendered. I can't say I trust him, but then as soon as the going gets tough, right, the darkness, the valley, when food's tough, when I don't feel good, etc., I can't keep running back to my flesh and running to the world for answers and running to comforts. Come on, the devil's got plenty of comforts for you. What do those things do? You could be like, well, they're not evil, but they draw you away from his presence, to not truly trust him. I'm like trusting him, but I'm also trusting in these things on the side. 
Talk to your wife about that. I love my wife, but these are on the side. They don't count. Is that truly trusting? Is that truly committed? Fully committed to Christ. And you start reading through here in 2 Corinthians 6, talks about don't team up with unbelievers. Man, that would be a great sermon to preach to a crowd. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? These are some verses we should just read and just remind ourselves of. Does that mean you are not in the world? Who's not going to work tomorrow because you're righteous? They're not. That's not what we're talking about. Christ, Jesus went into the worst of the worst, and the religious couldn't get it. He's with the prostitute, and he's giving her grace, but he's not giving the church grace. Try to get your head around that. I'm not talking about not being with evil. What I'm talking about is the partnership is you becoming like them. Jesus never lowered himself to their level. He set the standard. And that's really what the prostitute saw. Because she was in a dark place, so if he lowered himself to her level to try to reach her, why would she need to get out? But she saw a light that was above her, something she needed to get out of, and that's what drew her to him. We need to stop being afraid of offending people from, by the gospel. Because it is offensive. I want you to say that out loud with me. I haven't made you guys repeat me much today. If you guys know me, I make us repeat a lot. I just want you to say this out loud. The gospel is offensive. It's sandpaper. And it's designed that way. Because you're a rough bunch. <laughs> But the gospel was designed to get those rough edges off. And I can't be afraid to let Christ do that. And I can't be afraid as his light to tell others that that's what the gospel needs to do in them. They're most likely going to reject you at least the first, tenth, a hundred thousandth time. Because that's what they did to Jesus. And he said, don't be confused when this happens. Wow. We're like, well, yeah, but I'm not reaching them. There were lots of people Christ didn't reach. That's not your job. <laughs> the Super Bowl's on today. I'm going to watch it for the commercials. Now, do they even have commercials anymore? And then we got to fast, I got to turn the channel for the, the uh, halftime show. I, I was like, I'm not going to watch. Someone got really weird. I went to a Super Bowl thing years ago, and they were like, what do you mean you don't watch the halftime show? I was like, oh, it might be fine, but usually it's not. I think a boob was showed just a few years ago. We're like, What's, why, why are you getting up? Right? Anyway, that wasn't my point. <laughs> uh But this analogy came to me, and it was that imagine there was a team that was a greater team, and there was a team that was a lesser team. Most likely they're going to lose, and most likely this team's going to win. So Aaron and I were just having this conversation on the drive to church today. I said, so put it yourself, put that into your brain, this idea. I'm a loser, and I'm going to lose. Do you play the game to lose, because that's most likely what's going to happen, or do you play to win anyway? It's an interesting concept, isn't it? 
but you're probably still going to lose. So why even try? You ready? Because he's like, you're, it sounds like you're saying the same thing. And I'm, I said, I'm not. Here's why. Imagine the other team gets a little frazzled today. Normally, they beat you every time. But today, they're a little frazzled because you're the loser and you're not playing to lose today. And it throws them off footing. And just maybe because you tried to win, today you win. But if you set out on that field to lose because you were going to lose, then you're going to lose. It's the same exact thing with the gospel. You're going to lose shedding, spreading your light, the light of Christ to the people around you. You're going to lose almost every time. It's not a sales pitch, not like salesmanship, but they say it's one out of 100. Door-to-door sales is one out of 100. It takes a special person to knock on that many doors. But some people have that skill, and they knock on that 100th door, and they get the win. The light of Christ is offensive, and it's going to offend almost everybody when you truly tell the people around you what it really is, that they have to change. You don't have to try, though. You're like, what? But you're going to have to give your life to him. I don't want to give Let's just be blunt. I don't want to give my life to him. I have things I want to do. I have ideas in my head I don't want to exchange for the ideas in the word. But because you preach the true gospel and you don't try to lessen it to make it easier, but you just are the same you with every single person, this person today is ripe and ready. And because you didn't try to water it down, that person receives the real gospel. Instead of you saying, I got 100 people saved in my life, how many of them were really saved? Maybe you're going to get to Christ and you say, Lord, I only led one person to the Lord in my life. But I presented the gospel to thousands and thousands and thousands everywhere I went, and everything I did was the real gospel, but I, this one person really heard it. And then the Lord's going to show you, out of that thousand people, you think you only led one person to him. He's going to show you how the real witness, and they were so mean and so angry to you, but your real witness got inside their heart. They couldn't show you because of their pride. He's going to show you out of that thousand people how many people you truly touched. And it only happens by being real. The real deal Christian. We are not doing God any service, and we are not doing each other, this world, any service by trying to be worldly to try to fit in, or to try to make Jesus cool. Jesus will never be cool, but I think he's cool. Right? We all think he's cool because we've had the revelation. He's the most amazing thing that, that I, can, I, I can't even get words around it, right, that I could ever sit down and try to describe would be Christ. But if I was to use the world's words and the, words ide- the world's ideas, I mean, Jesus doesn't fit anymore, does he? He's becoming less and less and less and less common. It used to be that if he was on your T-shirt, you could get away with that. Did you hear a pro-life? Can you believe this? A pro-life march, Washington, D.C. They went into the museum after and were asked to leave. They didn't do anything. But because their shirts... Now, they were pro-choice shirts in there, too. But the pro-life shirts, we don't agree with that 
theology, let's just call it what it is, we need you to leave because this place is a neutral zone. So they were police, these teenagers, 17-year-olds, were escorted out of the National Archives Museum for wearing T-shirts that didn't even say Jesus, they just said pro-life. Tell me I'm crazy that we don't need to be serious about this gospel today when that's what's happening. You know, sometimes you don't see it, you don't hear it, so you think, oh, everything's good, I'm with the Lord, and, I'm, and it's not a big deal. You know, maybe you're being a little too dramatic. That's the world we're living, that's the America we're living in. This has just happened live, this is just this week. This is what's happening right now. And it's time that we be the real church, the real gospel, we are priests to the Lord. There is a high call. He has called us into a place, a high calling, to be like him in the earth. We are junior Jesus. You are little Jesuses. Now, you don't, you're not his deity, but when people see you, they should see through your transparency and see Christ in you. If they see through your transparency and see the devil and Jesus at war over your soul, then they're going to be confused. And that's why they usually are when they see the church, Christians. Unfortunately, we have, a, we have terms like, oh, you Christians. We know all about Christians. Christian, the word Christian doesn't have good connotation anymore. Now, if it's the, because of your Christ-centered biblical beliefs, you can't worry about that. But it's usually all the mixture, all the other stuff that we've allowed in and, and with the label of Christianity. And so they look through this transparency, they see this internal war, instead of that dealt with at the cross, right? And that's why that needs to be dealt with. We need to deal with this right here. And then just keep dealing with it. And then that transparency is when, when they call you out on it, Right, Rick? Call you out on your issues. Rick's just tra- Rick is like the most transparent person. He just doesn't care. He says the truth. He says what he's really thinking, too. And you might be a little shocked sometimes. He's not afraid to say, let's just call a spade a spade, like he said to me the other day. You know what? They'll respect you much more. People will respect you more. If you're constantly trying to cower, try to be like them, try to, in some sort of effort to be more Christ-like, is we think humility is to never say a word. Jesus didn't say a word before his accusers, but Jesus said a lot of words. See, we have to take the gospel, we have to pull it apart, we need to push it together from Genesis to Revelation that it's one concept, but we need to pull apart and stop trying to piece together theologies and ideas. Just be quiet, because Jesus was quiet. Jesus was not quiet. He had a loud voice. Actually, he really did. Without, I mean, I was using it metaphorically, but he must have, because he spoke from a boat to 5,000 people. So he had a real loud voice, too. We're not doing any service, any favors to the world around us by not letting the true Light of Christ, first of all, and I'm just going to, because we're closing here, deal with it in here and let the Lord out of us. Deal with your issues. And you know what? Tomorrow, there is somebody who needs you. There's somebody who needs the gospel. 
and you're like, yeah, but I'm still dealing with me too. Then you go to the Lord. I mean, we could really get into this, but this is just try to bring this together here. You go to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm inadequate. I've got issues. I've got all these failures. I've got all these faults. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, did you open your Bible recently? Because I'd like to bring you through the lineage of my greats in the word. And I'm going to introduce you to Jacob the liar, to Moses the fearful, David the small. But they took their issues and they dealt with them and they let me work through them. Let the Lord work through you while he's working in you. Amen. It's a simultaneous thing because if we just get stuck here at the cross, constantly just working on us, thinking you're going to get perfect. That's like that old get perfect before we get saved thing. Now we get saved, think we need to get perfect before we can be a light. Let him perfect you. Come on. Let him work in you. That means I'm just like, Lord, that's, this is, that is fully surrendered. Like, Lord, you have everything. I'm not holding back anything. I can't do it. I can't get over it. I can't get through it. You're going to help me. And the Lord will suddenly start filling your mouth with wisdom. You'll have a word for somebody that's just, it's going to bypass you. And you know what? Here's the, here's, the, here's the bonus. And it's the whole reason he allows the inadequate to speak for him. There's no pride in you. Because now you're like, well, that certainly wasn't me. Come on, praise God. I just thank you, Lord, for this sermon today. I just thank you, Lord, that you're speaking. I thank you, Lord, you had some things to say to us. And I just pray they would be like good seeds in good ground. I pray that your word would dig down inside of us, Lord Jesus, and get planted in that dark place in us. And I pray it would begin to grow in us and grow and take over the concepts and ideologies and theologies and all the other junk the devil tries to jam in there and the world tries to jam in there. I pray your word just overwhelms every other concept. And I pray it would become a tree of life for fruit. Thank you, Jesus, for others to be able to eat from and have life themselves. In Jesus' name we pray.